Welcome to the Hidden South, a collection of conversations between myself, Brent Walker, and the people I meet throughout the Southeast U.S. This is episode number two. This conversation took place on January 31st, 2017 at the Neutral Ground on St. Rock Avenue in New Orleans. Rascal had been hopping trains with her boyfriend Ian and her dog Spaghetti for quite a while by the time I met her. Here's a brief glimpse into Rascal's life. Well, first of all, where are you from? I'm from Massachusetts, suburb up northern area, by like uh, Se- um, not Se- over by Seabrook, like New Hampshire area. When did you leave? When did you start traveling? Um, I started traveling when I was 20 years old, um, so like four and a half years ago. Um, I uh, I was waitressing at the time, and I had an apartment, and you know I was making good money, and like I only had to pay $25 a week for my rent. And, I was saving up a lot and everything like that, but you know, I'd go into the city every weekend for a, a go-go dance at a gay club on Mondays. But you know, I would go to Harvard Square, Cambridge area, and hang out with all the the travelers and like all the homeless people that hung out there. Because you know, well, my friend and I like I first started hanging out with them when I was 18. My friend and I we tried to buy weed off some someone, and we saw some guy all decked out in like all these punk leathery clothes, and we we're like. But that guy knows where to get weed, so, you know, we started talking to him, and <laughs> that's how I, like, started, you know, finding out about the whole traveling lifestyle, and even when I was a kid, I was always, like, really into the idea of living in the woods, or, you know, just, I was, I wanted to run away really bad, I just hated living at my house, I loved the Boxcar Children book series, and all that good stuff, and... Never heard of that. Um, it's about a bunch of kids that live in an abandoned boxcar in the woods, basically, oh, yeah. and, like, kind of live off the land, but that stuff always really intrigued me, and I always wanted to do that, and I just didn't know, growing up in my little sheltered suburb, that, uh, people actually did that still, and that people, like, rode trains and hitchhiked around, and when I started finding that out, I got completely just in love with it. Yeah. So what was it like growing up? You grew up in the burbs? Yeah, um, uh, my I was extremely sheltered. My mom had a rough childhood, um, so she was always afraid that terrible things would happen to me. And, I mean, they did anyway, so, like, the whole sheltered thing is, like, it didn't work out for me. And I just kind of got really, like, stir-crazy and resentful that I wasn't able to live my life the way I wanted to. And, I mean, I love my parents dearly. Yeah. You know, everyone, you know, has their hang-ups with their parents, you sure, know, sure. but... I just, uh, I really needed to be free, and I was, I didn't really get to go to parties or anything like that growing up. When I was 18, they tried to get me on Seroquel, and I refused to take it, because, I mean, I kind of lashed out a lot as a kid. I had a lot of emotional problems. What is Seroquel for? It's antipsychotic. It's supposed to be for, like, bipolar and stuff like that. And I refused to take it, and uh, they basically were like, well, you can't live here. So I moved in with my boyfriend at the time, and... You know, we didn't do anything either because he was horribly depressed and it just turned into this shit cycle. And then when I finally moved out and got my job waitressing and everything, I started to really live life and be more free. And then I just threw it all out the window and completely jumped in. You said terrible things happened to you anyway. Oh, yeah. It's like a lot of abuse, like, you know, weird sexual assaults in my childhood and stuff. You know, you can't protect your kids from everyone mostly other kids my own age so like no one really expected it and you know they were also females too which was very like i don't know so 
I mean, I'm over it. It doesn't really bother me much anymore. Right. I think, if anything, it made me a stronger person. And hopefully, like, I can relate to people that are going through other stuff like that and maybe help them. I mean, it took a long time for me to get, come to terms with it, but it's fine now. So when you when you took off, did you take off by yourself or did you take off with other travelers? Or? No, I met um, my friend Donnie, uh, who's a girl. She introduced me to her friend Jester, who's a traveler, and I don't know. He had this whole, like, charisma, like, kind of, looking back on it, extremely pretentious and douchey, like, whole, like, presentation about himself. I'm the Jester. I'm the entertainment. I'm a traveler from across the land. Like, you know, <laughs> all this cheesy stuff, and then me yeah. being, like, naive and Dude, wanting yeah. to travel so bad and completely green to the whole thing. It's just like oh my god he's amazing and just like <laughs> ran away with him <laughs> and uh how'd that turn out terrible yeah. it turned out terrible but i was totally i mean he was he's a character of himself like he's yeah. not you know he doesn't know how to even really be a person i guess i don't know but i um i decided to just keep traveling after that and uh i still love it now we're saving up for a sailboat like i've been traveling this way for like four and a half years and I think it'd be a lot easier to have like some sort of vehicle or a safe place you know eventually yeah. we want to have kids and settle down like you know eventually you sure know? sure sure but um and y'all been together for a while yeah yeah we've been together for quite quite a while and um well, what's the hardest part about being on the road the hardest part mm, I don't know it really depends like it, for me, the hardest part is uh, I get depression randomly, and it's really difficult to find motivation to go, like, make money and do the stuff you need to when you're really depressed, but then you just don't end up having any food or anything, and then yeah. you get more depressed, and I have, like, I'm really weirded with social interactions, and sometimes I just really don't want to talk to people, and that's kind of how I make my living. So I think for me that would be the hardest part or like missing my family and stuff like that. You know, it gets hard on you, but it's also been like some of the best moments of my life and I've been the happiest of my in my life like on the road as well. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. I mean, what's the best thing that's happened since you've been on the road? Like, can you think of a time that was just... When you realize how free you are, you know, like when you're riding a train and it's going exactly where you want to go and it's beautiful out you're in the middle of nowhere you can just stick your head out and see everything just flying past you and knowing that people don't ever typically get to see that part of the country or that yeah. area because i mean who goes out there other than the trains and yeah you're going to places where amtrak doesn't even go right like yeah. the, the cargo trains only go mm -hmm. yeah that's like, cool as shit we i rode this train that went through mount shasta and there's this beautiful like creek and just this uh, i can't even i can't even explain it. it goes through a national forest and there's like just gorgeous gorgeous trees everywhere and we're just riding alongside this like creek the whole time and you know just seeing like the the water going down and the rapids and all the crazy awesome stuff it's just i guess it wouldn't maybe not a creek i don't know but i forget like the the correct term for the type of body of water it was but it, it was gorgeous and the mountains are so beautiful and it was just one of the most beautiful things i'd ever seen and no one really gets to see that it was really cool <laughs>
Are there hard parts about being in a relationship on the road? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, we're together pretty much 24-7. There are couples that travel that, you know, they'll, like, go to a different state for, like, a month or something and get back. But, I mean, we're not really that type. We're not in that type of relationship. But um, it'll be difficult. Like, let's say one of us wants space, but it's just really impractical to do. Like, let's say I wanted space and we're in the middle of, like, some really sketchy neighborhood. What am I going to go do? Like, go sleep by myself in, like, the middle Uh. of a bad neighborhood just so we can get, like, some space from each other? Or he wants space, same situation, you know, or if we're hanging out around people that are my friends but not as close friends with him, right, you know, right. and I want to go hang out with them for a while and he doesn't feel like it, you know, what's he going to go do? Like, yeah. fuck off by himself, I guess, but, you know, like... Yeah, it's probably tough just being around each other all the time and being that. Yeah, and you brought up something. I mean, you're, you're an attractive female. I mean, have you run into problems with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've had guys try to do extremely sketchy stuff to me. I've never traveled, like, completely by myself. I always have someone with me. But I've had people try to touch me while I'm sleeping, and, you know, know, it always worked out okay because I was with someone else, and, you know, you know, someone... Somebody had your back. Yeah, someone had my back. You know, someone had to throw a 40 ball at this guy's head because he wouldn't stop trying to do stuff while I was sleeping and all the sketchy stuff like that. Or people will just make really weird comments. You know, people will try to solicit me for sex, thinking that that I'm a prostitute. And uh, if I'm alone, or if I had been alone in those situations, like, who knows what could have happened, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I always find it surprising when... Because, like, you dress. Like, you don't dress like somebody who's offering sex you know what i mean no. like you dress like a traveler yeah so yeah yeah, yeah i've always that. thought that whole thing was weird some guy like slipped me a five dollar bill with a note inside that said thirty dollars for two hours of your time meet me outside a family dollar tomorrow if you're interested it's like <laughs> 30 hours for t- thirty dollars for two hours right that seems like a really fucking good deal for him Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe he, he had family dollar deals on his mind. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, like, <laughs> if she meets me at family dollar, then, right. you know. Everything's a dollar. Yeah, right. Even your ass. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was just ridiculous. <laughs> Actually, I think they slipped it to Ian, not even to me. I think they gave it to him. Like, oh, no trying shit. to ask him, like, you know, if he was trying to pit me out or something. He's like, I'm going to make more money flying a sign yeah. than I am, like, <laughs> so, two right. hours, you know? Like, right. ridiculous. What would you say? What did you say to your parents? Do you talk to them much? Oh, I, I talk to my mom as often as I can. She yeah. worries a lot. Um, you know, I basically just tell them how I am and you know let them know I'm safe. She, uh, like I said, she worries a lot. Um, I go to visit them fairly often. We just went to see them on my birthday in October, and uh, we stayed there for like a couple weeks. And, well, on and off for a couple weeks. You know, like the Boston area, we stayed there for a while, but you know, not completely at my parents' house all the time. You know, they understand. I mean, when I was a kid, I got home from school early one day, and, like, I was, like, four or five. And I looked at my little brother, and I was like, oh, well, been abandoned. Gonna have to live in the woods. You bark. Let's get some supplies. Like, you know, then they got home, and I was like, god damn it. Like, they always knew I was gonna do something like this. You know, I think part of them, like, I think to a degree they're kind of proud that I'm doing something that's so, like, unique. But, you know, at the same time, they don't really get it, so... 
I think once we get the boat and like we kind of like settle down a little bit more, I think they'll start taking it a bit more seriously and realize that this is something I plan on doing for the rest of my life. I like, you know, even when I have children and everything, like I want to homeschool them and I'll do it all right, make sure they actually know all the basic fundamentals you need to know to be a person in today's society. Sure. I, we're not really going to be going on Disney trips, we're going to be going to like Europe, you know, like, yeah, we're yeah, going to be going everywhere. And, if, you know, they need some more stability at a certain point and they don't really like what's going on, you know, I have plenty of farms and friends that have, like, land that, you know, we can stay at and work on the farm for a while if they need a few months off the road or whatever, something like that. But this is, I can't imagine my life any other way. I tried getting a job over the summer and it just, ugh. Tough going back to that after being oh, free, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I, it's hard for me to even relate to my coworkers, you know? Like, they're all talking about, like, their new makeup they bought, and I'm thinking about this time I was drinking under a bridge with some homos and stuff like that, right, you know? Right, right, right. Well, you mentioned depression. Is it bipolar? Um, I mean, I'm not technically diagnosed. I mean, actually, I am technically diagnosed with bipolar. I don't think I have bipolar. I was really... I was a really melodramatic kid with, like, my mom having her um her own emotional problem i think i felt kind of deprived of attention she kind of needed a lot of help at the time and i just lashed out all the time but you know now that i'm older i realize it was more so an environmental thing but depression definitely is part of my life i um but i, I don't i don't think it would really be bipolar probably just depression and anxiety yeah. How do you deal with, like, when he's depressed and you're depressed? Because he and I talked about being oh, depressed yeah. as well. Like, that's got to be tough. Um, we are very different in the way we exhibit our, like, emotional problems. He's a lot more extroverted about it. He will, like, you know, have, like, panic attacks occasionally. And my panic attacks are a lot more introverted, where I just kind of don't, like... You can tell if he's having a panic attack. He's yeah. breathing heavy and he's, like... He visibly needs help. If yeah. I'm having a panic attack, I'm more so just get really quiet and stop talking and just zone out completely. Yeah. And I think that kind of, like, is a good thing for us in a way because I can help him with his, like, more physical things. And, uh, you know, it doesn't stress him out as much when I get stressed out because he it's not so, like, in his face. Yeah, right. But um, I, I mostly just sleep a lot, whereas he just gets really frustrated and kind of, like... I guess maybe angry, maybe? I don't you know. You guys kind of balance each other out. In yeah, a way. yeah, it works out. And I know how to help him with his panic attacks, and I don't mind at all. Like, it doesn't matter how mad I am at him. If he starts having a panic attack, I will drop anything that's going on between us to go help him. Thank you for listening to episode two. All stories are edited for clarity and brevity. You can view hundreds of portraits and stories, including rascals, at thehiddensouth.com.